It's Iheanacho, he's blocked, it's Iheanacho, it's in! And Leicester City strike first in the FA Cup semi-final! Onside with a touch to Vries, he scored! It's Leicester 3, it's Tottenham 2! Yuri Tielemans sends the Leicester City fans bananas! Welcome along to FOSS Fives, uh, a podcast here on LCFC Radio. Uh, I'm Dan Bates, the host, uh, and with me are two club historians, Elsie Flynn and John Hutchinson. How are you both? It's been a while, hasn't it, since we've last done one of these? It certainly has. I'm great, thanks. And you? Yes, I'm very well, thank you. And how are you? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not too shabby, thanks, Dan. Yeah, yeah doing good. well. Yeah. Good. Uh, I'm trying to think of the last time that we did one of these. It was before an international break, wasn't it? Um, back in maybe October or November. I think, yeah. Uh, now we're doing uh, FA Cup games because it is FA Cup weekend, of course. Uh, let's talk about that game first before we go any further and pick our FOSS fives. Basically, we're doing FA Cup games. Yeah. I think we all know one of them in particular that we'll <laughs> yeah. definitely be talking about. Yeah. Uh, we'll save that one to the end. Um, before we get into the other four, though, um, yeah, it's a big game for Leicester at big. the weekend, isn't it? We're yeah. now speaking on, what, the Wednesday evening yes. um, ahead of the game on Sunday with Nottingham Forest. You are going, Elsie, and I you're am. very excited. I'm very excited. It's been a while since we've played Forest, and as much as I feel like it's, well, it's a big occasion for them as an FA Cup game, they won't like us saying it's a big game, will they? Because <laughs> they don't like to think that we have this rivalry, but it's there. <laughs> it's a derby, um, and I'm really, really excited to go. Yeah. You're ready to go and be a hooligan, aren't you? 100%. 100%. People need to watch out. <laughs> um, are you going, John, or are you going to give this one a miss? i give this one a miss. Uh, I remember the last time we played Forest was um, Beckford scored a hat-trick about 10 years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, of course, whenever I think of going to Forest, I always think of that occasion when um, Clive Clark had his heart attack. I was there that night, and uh, and then the following uh, when they replayed the game, you know, Leicester conceded the goal in the first minute. They just let the goalkeeper walk through to score the goal. Mm. So that, that made the score 1-1. One, one uh, though still 1-0, one, one, one yeah. So, yeah. Uh, how do you think it'll go on Sunday? Well, I saw the Forest game against Arsenal on the television and they actually looked good. And of course, Forest have been on a good run apart from the last game which they lost. They've, they've, they've really pulled up under Cooper, haven't they? Their new manager, they pulled up from the bottom to the edge of the playoffs. It's going to be, it's going to be tough, definitely. Yeah. I think yeah. that, that Forest-Arsenal game was watched by yeah. probably a majority of Leicester fans, actually, yes. wasn't it? Because yeah. it was, the draw was just before it, wasn't yeah. it, on that Sunday yeah. evening? First time that Leicester fans have probably ever cheered on Forest as well. Yeah. Well, I don't did. know. A part of me didn't want to because part of me thinks, God, if we go and lose, it's going to be a bit of a bleak <laughs> affair. But, um, yeah, yeah, you're right. I think we all, we all wanted it. We all up for it. Um, big, big game. But Forest did look good, so it's going to be tough, definitely. You can't say we're going to lose when, when you're about to go there on the Sunday. Oh, that's Pessimism. I'm honestly, this is my mentality for all the matches where it's just like, oh well. <laughs> um, ever the pessimist uh, Elsie Flynn, <laughs> who I'm sure she was on the FA Cup final last year, which we'll talk mm. about again a, a little bit later on. Um, to get there though, uh, Leicester had to win the semi final. Now, yeah. we know, John, that when we were talking earlier last week about what five FA Cup games we were going to choose, that this never really sprung to mind as being a classic, obviously, um, the semi final against Southampton. But an extremely important game, and Leicester's first FA Cup semi-final since what 1982, wasn't it? So yeah, we've picked yeah. it. Southampton uh, nil, Leicester one, of course, uh, at Wembley. Kletchi Ian Acho got the goal uh, again. Yeah, give us the context of the game, John. Well, the context. I mean, first of all, it was uh, 
the first game, I think, when any fans were allowed in at all, it was one of these pilot games, wasn't it? They only allowed 4,000 fans in. And um, it was a pilot event to help prepare for full stadia. And uh, fans had to be masked. And all of the fans there, there weren't any Leicester or Southampton fans officially there because the uh, tickets went to local residents and to NHS key workers. So it was a, a strange sort of occasion, really. Uh, thinking back to previous semi-finals, which I, you know, I've been to, you know, against West Brom and 69 and Liverpool. And there was another epic one in 61. You know, there were massive crowds mm. there and there were really big occasions. But this was a highly significant occasion because obviously it got them through to Wembley. I mean, the game itself, it wasn't a particularly fluent game. Um, both sides misplaced passes. There was a fair bit of hesitancy. Uh, Leicester got a bit more intensity from Leicester in the second half. Uh, and then, of course, the breakthrough came in the 55th minute when um, Vardy turned past uh, Bednarik, I think it was, on the left wing, flew forward, picked out Inaccio, who eluded his marker. His shot bounced off Vestergaard, didn't it? And then uh, it re rebounded back to him. And then he coolly stroked it in to, uh, you know, from about eight yards. Coming into the penalty area, only Inaccio to aim for. It's Inaccio, he's blocked, it's Inaccio, it's in! And Leicester City strike first in the FA Cup semi-final! And he's Ian Acho once again, the FA Cup specialist. Southampton piled on the pressure after that. It's always quite nervous when you're 1-0 up. You know, you do a sort of a countdown. The thought of the Spurs game suddenly sprang to mind <laughs> and, yeah, when I was yeah. doing the countdown in, uh, yeah, like, mm -hmm. 30 seconds, a uh, minute and a half to go. And then Fafana did get away with, um, not got away with, but there was a, a shout for Fafana conceding a penalty, wasn't there? Um, when the ball hit his arm, but Leicester held on. And Inaccio was in a, a great streak at that point, wasn't mm. he? I mean, he was the top scorer in the competition last year. He was year. the man, wasn't he? Yes, yeah, yeah, he yeah. really was. He was scoring it. Uh, I read somewhere, he's the highest scoring African in FA Cup history, which, you know, when you consider people like Drogba, you know, it's it's good. Yeah. And um, it was, he was on a real hot yeah. streak of form, wasn't he, yeah. Inaccio? And uh, it was a, a great result and people started then getting really excited and the you know cup feed yeah, started the occasion taking over started, Leicester. Yeah. There was always this thing at the back of your mind though, um, if only there'd been a full crowd there, wouldn't it? You know, if there'd have been the 80,000 yeah. or 90,000 at Wembley. Yeah, and, I mean... Uh, 4,000... I mean, it must be unique in the history of the game almost. You've got 4,000 people there, none of whom were actually official supporters of either side. It's I think there bizarre. were a few that had snuck Leicester. Yeah, I'm sure they did. Some, I'm sure there Leicester were. Somehow Leicester fans yeah. had got yeah. in and yeah. there was a few Leicester shirts. I'm sure the same with Southampton as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but the 4,000 that were there got, got to witness yeah. history yeah. for Leicester, I guess, in yeah. a way, getting to their first final in, in so long. Yeah. The goal itself, as John's rightly mentioned, Kelechi Inacho was in an unbelievable run of form, wasn't yeah. he, to the end of last season. And as we said, he... He was playing alongside Jamie Vardy, but really, you, you thought as a Leicester fan at that time, if anyone was getting you the goal, it, it's going to be Kelechi and Asher. Yeah, I mean, he'd uh, scored twice against Man United in the quarterfinals, so it only seemed fitting for him then to go and score the goal that got us into the final. Um, and, I mean, the stat was that since his FA Cup debut in 2016, uh, Ian has scored more goals in, the, goals in the competition than anybody else has. And that's quite... That's quite, yeah, that's quite a fact to, and a good stat to have in your back pocket. Um, but it, it was, it wasn't a classic. The game wasn't a classic. No, no. Um, I think that's probably mirrored in the, you know, in the stadium with the 4,000 um, fans who weren't fans necessarily um, in a pilot event. Uh, yeah, it was 
was but, a classic. But it was so significant. I mean, when yeah. we were talking about it last week, would we include this or not? Yes. Because it was It was part classic. of the run, yeah. yeah. But the fact that it was such a significant game. Yes. And it made the, the final cut. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and the full-time scenes as well are brilliant. You see the Leicester players sink to their knees. Yeah. Ben Rogers is, is delighted, obviously. that There is a sense there that no matter what happened in the final, they, they made the FA Cup final and it was such a significant moment. It had been so long, so long. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, John, I've never seen it, obviously, but for you as well, that's forever. Yeah. When I was a kid uh, in the 1960s, yeah. I started watching them in about 1960, 61, got to a cup final when I was 11. When I was 13, they got to a cup final, you know. A few years later, 69, they got to the third cup final in nine years. You got know, greedy. It, it, you it got was, greedy, no, John. No, That's it, what you're telling it was, me. It was basically, <laughs> yeah. as a kid growing up, I, I sort yeah. of almost expected it. Yeah. And I never thought that in 1969, <laughs> I'd be over 70 before they got there again. <laughs> no. <laughs> Which is quite a frightening Well, of course you thought. wouldn't. But no, for me, yeah. it was the exact opposite growing up, where yeah. it was, you, you saw it three times, thought this was yeah. the normal. For me, it was just the normal that it didn't happen. Well, I mean, they had a real rough time, didn't they, in the sort of the 80s and the 90s. They rarely got past the third or the fourth round. Um, I remember there was a game against Crystal Palace when Richard Smith scored about 1990 when they actually got through a bit further than that. And I thought, this is brilliant. <laughs> They've not got this far for years. I remember one that, that Matt Elliott and Jerry Taggart always are reluctant to, to bring this one up or, or that I always bring it up to them. Yeah. Is it Wickham in, in the oh. quarterfinals? I mean, you, that, you'd, you'd put that out of your brain completely. You do. Generally. I mean, yeah. Oh. I mean, that they, they were when they played Wickham, they'd just beaten Liverpool. That was the quarterfinals as yeah, well. Yeah, it was the quarterfinals. They'd just beaten Liverpool. They were fourth in the table, and then they lost to Wickham, and they lost. I think it was something like nine out of the next ten games. The only one they won was the last game at Filbert Street um, against Spurs, and they slipped down to thirteenth. I mean, I don't know what happened there. I think they'd probably been overperforming until the Wickham game. But they'd been, you know, they were high in the table, much to everybody's surprise. But then the whole thing just collapsed. In all my years of watching Leicester City, which is 60-odd years, I've never known a collapse like that. So, really, they, they should have made the semis that yeah, year. They yeah. didn't. Obviously, then yeah. the next time that they did was this time yeah. against Southampton. So, yeah. for them to... To make the final in the way that they did, it doesn't matter that it was a terrible game. It no. doesn't matter no, that no. there was nothing no. in it. No. All that mattered for Leicester on that day, John, was, was getting there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, Ian Acho's rebounded shot was all that mattered yeah. that day. It didn't, it didn't, no matter how it came about, it was all about the occasion, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. But it was the, the original shot from Ian Acho was going really wide as well, wasn't <laughs> yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. And it bounced back to him perfectly. But the form that he was in at the time, as, as we've referenced, he was never going to miss the second one. Yeah. Um, right, the last time that Leicester had, had made an FA Cup semi-final before that, John, I'm right in thinking, was 1982, wasn't it? Um, yeah. On that run, uh, there was a game that we're picking out. Uh, it was Shrewsbury in 1982, the fifth round uh, this is uh, an infamous, famous game, really, in, in Leicester's history. Yeah, it's gone down in the club's folklore, really. I mean, Jock Wallace was the manager. Leicester City, like uh, Shrewsbury, were in the old second division, having been relegated the previous season. Uh, they'd beaten Southampton again, um, Hereford and Watford in the previous rounds. Uh, they'd also won the previous five home games and Shrewsbury hadn't scored in their last four games. 
and Leicester were, it was a home game, it was a sellout at Filbert Street, and Leicester were, were confident. Cup fever was actually sweeping the city, you know, the club had actually got somewhere. Uh, Leicester took the lead in the fifth minute with a Larry May header, but the pivotal moment came in the first half with the injury to Mark Wallington. Now, Mark Wallington, Leicester's goalkeeper, had not missed a game for six and a half years. He was playing his 333rd consecutive game, uh, which was remarkable, really. Although Michael's, you know, he's working his way up towards that at the moment, isn't he? Uh, but during the first half, he was crippled by um, Shrewsbury forward Chick Bates, which left a hole in his thigh. And adding insult to injury, uh, Bates then scored Shrewsbury's equaliser. Wallington stayed on the pitch. He was struggling. He was determined not to go off. Uh, and it also stopped him from preventing Shrewsbury's second goal in the, uh, late in the first half. Uh, and at that point, he succumbed to the inevitable and he limped off. And uh, he was replaced in goal by Alan Young. Uh, so presumably, the, is this an outfield player? Yeah, Alan yeah. Young was centre forward. Yeah, uh, and he, he was uh, replaced in goal by him. And the only substitute, they only had one substitute in those days, Jim Melrose, as another uh, striker, came off the bench to play alongside Gary Lineker. The odds were very much against Leicester, but then in the fifth in the fifth minute of first half injury time, uh, Shrewsbury defender turned the ball past his own keeper, which was helpful. Uh, <laughs> and uh, after a sort of an inspired sort of attacking surge by Larry May, and that made it two all at half time, deep into injury time in the first half. And Mark Wallington told me in an interview I did with him that you know he was sort of in the changing room, you know, sort of moaning and worried about his injury. And he heard this huge roar, so he knew that equalised. And then, of course, the team came in. But then uh, the drama wasn't over then, because in the second half, just after the break, standing goalkeeper Alan Young had to be taken off because he was injured. And Steve Linex, winger, he went in goal. And uh, Jock Wallace, I remember this, Jock Wallace sort of... Um, as he, as, as he was getting ready to go in goal and swapping his jumper, Jock Wallace offered him his glasses, you know, which I thought was <laughs> a, the old goalkeeper stereotype. And, uh, and, and, and Linex told me, again in another interview, that he, he felt quite pleased because he, 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 did a, he, tipped the, he tipped a shot over the bar, but he was really disappointed because it wasn't shown on match of the day. And, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Alan Young recovered. Uh, he came back on. Uh, he took the goalkeeper's jersey again. Back on the right wing, Linux made a, a scorching run, crossed the ball to Melrose, who beat the Shrewsbury keeper from close in, in the, for a 57th-minute goal. And then 10 minutes later, Gary Lineker added a fourth. And then in the final minute, the terraces absolutely erupted when Melrose scored a fifth goal with a fine head of, after Wilson, Linux and Lineker had carved their way through the Shrewsbury team. So it was a game absolutely chock-a-block full of incident. And again, it's another pub question, isn't it? You know... <laughs> What was the three goalkeeper game? Who were the three goalkeepers? Yeah. You know. But, Story, uh, John. And then, of course, they went on and they, they played Spurs in the semi-final that year. And that was when, uh, that was at the time of the Falklands War. And um, Ozzy Ardiles and Glenn Hoddle were in the Spurs side. Um, Ian Wilson scored an own goal. Um, Tommy Williams broke his leg. Uh, not a good day. And uh, <laughs> that was at Villa Park. Not a good day unless they lost 2-0. And that was the last semi-final. That game against Shrewsbury, though, is, is unbelievable. The fact that Leicester had two different outfield yeah. players go in goal. 
and didn't neither of them conceded either. <laughs> I know that that's good, isn't it, for them? You'd be like going home, wouldn't you, and late that night, like, thinking? It's, <laughs> it's not just like the last ten minutes. I know we've seen in, in recent years. I'm trying to wrap my brains from the Premier League era. Like Phil Jagielka's gone in there a few yeah, times. Yeah. I know John Terry has. Harry Kane did it recent, fairly recently yeah. in Europe for Spurs. Kyle Walker did it for Man City as well. I don't necessarily think they might have conceded, but they're only in for what two or three minutes yes, at the end, maybe stoppage time, half. not for a full half. Yeah. No, I mean, listen to John going through it then. Um, if you pitched that story, if you'd written that story and pitched it to someone like Ted Lasso or something, you'd be there going, no, <laughs> why, yeah. why would we write that? Because that's silly, <laughs> because it wouldn't happen. And, and that's, why it's, stuck yeah. in, that's yeah. why it's part of Leicester's folklore. Yeah. I mean, on the face of it, an all-second division tie between Leicester and Shrewsbury. Yeah, nothing sort of, safer, really. No, yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't stand out yeah. as, a, as a possible superb game. Yeah, no, yeah. but there's clearly a reason why Lineker named it as his favourite game at at Pilbert Street yeah. so yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Steve Hilton on Twitter as well he, he mentioned that when again we put this out uh, earlier this week what are your favourite FA Cup memories by the way they were all just dominated by the one we'll talk about later obviously <laughs> but there were a few that weren't that one uh, Steve Hilton said yeah 5-2 against Shrewsbury three goalkeepers uh, in the fifth round in 1982 is pretty good uh, before we move on, I was uh, smirking to myself, John, because we, we spoke before we came on air about were we going to call it Shrewsbury or Shrewsbury, weren't we? <laughs> and you started by saying Shrewsbury. Well, we, we all agreed on Shrewsbury, didn't we? Well, but you, you two slipped into Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury. I always Shrewsbury. called it Shrewsbury. You two said Shrewsbury. So I said I'd call it Shrewsbury to keep in with you two. That's and really then nice. I started off doing that. Then I noticed yeah. I reverted back to Shrewsbury. <laughs> that's fine. That's yeah. fine. I think everyone knows what it is. I've got a, a friend who's a Shrewsbury fan. He says Shrewsbury. Well, so that's why I call well, it. Well, he's that, probably so. right then in that case. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Anyway, right, moving on. Um, let's do Spurs 3 2, uh, 2006. This is a famous winner in this yet. It's a lovely ball. Onside by the touch to freeze. He scored. It's Leicester 3. It's Tottenham 2. The flag stay down. And Leicester City are surely heading into the fourth round of the FA Cup. They were 2 0 down. They are 3 2 up. So it was the third round against Spurs, who were, at that time, I think they were fourth in the Premiership, and um, we were bottom half of the Championship. Um, it wasn't a great, great time for us as a team, but um, and to be fair, it started off quite bleak as well, because Jermaine Jean has put Spurs ahead, and then uh, Paul Stolteri, God, it's hard to say, isn't it? Paul Stolteri <laughs> uh, scored a spectacular long-range goal, and Spurs were 2-0 up. Uh, before before 40 odd minutes um, and then we made a substitution and brought Elvis Hammond on and changed into a 4-4-2 formation and all of a sudden we were attacking rather than sitting back and this worked well for us clearly um, because just before the first half whistle we pulled on back and we were back into it um, and then a Stephen Hughes strike in the 57th minute made it all to play for um, but then and this is why we're talking about it, because in the 91st minute, as the game drew out and it looked certain to be heading for a replay, which after the start we'd made and in the position we were, I mean, we looked every bit of the side flirting with relegation. From the um, championship. Yes. Alone the Premier yeah. yeah. Flirting with relegation to League One. We looked like that side at the start. Um, Mark DeVries collected a good Johnson pass and fired a dramatic injury time winner. And it was... Well, from the scenes I've seen, pandemonium, because the turnaround was quite spectacular. 
Yeah, and interesting that you say as well that they made the change. They decided to go attacking yeah. and not sitting back because you often see that, don't you? A home, a home team from the lower divisions in the FA Cup playing it against a high-flying Premier League team. Yeah, you sit back, you try yeah. and hold on to what you've got, shape. maybe take exactly. a replay, nick a goal. Yeah. Two 0 down. It's pointless doing that. You yeah. might as well go for it. And then the thirty-fifth minute, what? That's a good decision to make, I think. Um, it, yeah, brave decision to make because it could have gone very badly for yeah. us at that point if you're making the sub and the change in the 35th minute but no uh yeah a very very good occasion I, i'm just reading again the, the the bbc article from that time from that game john as a spurs fan that that had his say he said it's not worth worrying about it now we have to concentrate on getting the fourth champions league space yeah. so they the, the spurs fans clearly yeah. quickly got over it but the leicester fans remembered it for well even even to this day yeah spurs finished fifth i think that season anyway Ooh. so <laughs> no I, I remember that game it was a sunday night and uh, it was live on television and uh, i went down with uh, a chap i always go down with uh, and his brother who i hadn't met before who was a spurs supporter so he was obviously very happy i as you say, I mean, they were actually 21st in the championship out of 22 yes. when, when they went for that game. Uh, they'd not won for seven games. They were in the middle of a run of six consecutive defeats. And when they went 2-0 down, you thought, well, you know, this is par for the course, really. But as you said, um, Elsie, you know, De Vries scoring that last-minute goal won the game. He'd struggled to adjust to English football since leaving Hearts in January. He would, he'd been brought by Craig Levine, who had been um, who was Leicester's manager and who had been Hearts manager, and uh, he'd come with a good reputation. Mm. Uh, and other than in this game, um, when he did show the form, which made him such a success in Scotland, he'd done yeah. very little for Leicester. He did very little for them afterwards as well. Levine said after the game he was fantastic. He held the ball up as well as anyone I've ever seen for a long time, and he went on to say, "I was thrilled with the performance." And the result, and it's not often I've been able to say that. Yeah. Uh, Sixteen days later, he was sacked, um, which was yeah. because they then went and lost, you know, the next two or three games. It was not. It's not a good time for Leicester, no. and that one of the reasons that game stands out is because it was one of the few highlights of yeah. what was really quite a disappointing season. Uh, we always do some honourable mentions here on FOSS Fives games that didn't quite make the cut uh, for our five, but but certainly are worth mentioning. Uh, Paul Knott on Twitter uh, and also Joseph Green uh, said, when Darren Bent scored that really embarrassing own goal for Derby a few seasons ago, yeah. I have since Googled that and looked at it because it was just before I started here at, yeah. at Leicester, um, 2017. He's yeah. on his goal line. He, he tries to clear it with his left foot and literally slices it <laughs> into the back of the net. Uh, and obviously, the, the rivalry between Leicester and Derby, hopefully yeah. we'll see something similar on Sunday, yeah. um, obviously sticks with a lot of Leicester fans. Um, Andrew Willett says, apart from Yuri's goal in the final, which again, as I've said, everybody's saying that one, it has to be Keith Weller against Norwich in the FA Cup third round. So That was the famous white tights game. That was the last <laughs> goal he ever scored for Leicester. Uh, I think it was probably his last but one game as well. It was round about that time, New Year's Day of that year, mm. just before that game, that Lineker made his debut. But yeah, that was a memorable game, a great goal. And of course, the white tights caused uh, a national... <laughs> no, being the white tights. <laughs> yeah. uh, a few others that have, have come in on social media. Um, Dion Dublin's last minute winner against Charlton is one of those. Uh, Andrew says... Uh, Julian Joachim's goal away at Barnsley, which is a fantastic solo goal, isn't yeah. it? So he's, he's mentioned that FA Cup game as well. Yeah, Julian Joachim was a superb player. When he came into the side as an 18, 19-year-old, his speed was amazing. I mean, he, he he didn't quite sustain that. He didn't quite 
achieve the heights that I thought he was going to achieve, or we all thought he was going to achieve. I mean, he scored another great goal in the playoff semi-final against Portsmouth when he outstripped two Portsmouth defenders to get Leicester to Wembley. Uh, that was that was a good goal as well. Great player. Uh, a nice little segue into our, our next game that we've picked then uh, in our FOS 5's FA Cup games, memorable FA Cup games for Leicester City. Uh, the fourth of those five uh, is against Portsmouth. That was a segue that, that John just made there. Uh, 1949, <laughs> though, this one. Uh, and this is before, obviously, mine and Elsie's time. Also before your time as well, John. But we, we had to mention it. It was, it was the game that got Leicester to their very first FA Cup final. Yeah, it was actually... I was actually born in 1949, but I don't remember this final. Um, it, it was one of the most remarkable games in Leicester's FA Cup final history. They were struggling in the old second division. They'd battled their way through to the semi-final by playing. They had a three-game tie against Birmingham, two of which were after, uh, after extra time. And in those days, the replays were always a couple of days after, you know, so they banged these. And I think something like 106,000 people actually watched those three no, 130,000 people watched those three ties. And then there was this incredible 18-goal tie against Luton Town in the fifth round, I think it was, when they equalised in the last minute of normal time to make the score 5-all down at Luton. I think the ground was still a pretty rough ground. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, and then they went into extra time and it was still 5-all. And the replay back at Leicester, they won 5-3. So 18 goals in that tie, which... I guess must be, I'm, I'm only guessing here, probably an FA Cup record. I can't imagine many ties with 18 goals in. And then uh, they got through to Portsmouth. Now, Portsmouth were the league champions that season. And um, the game was at Highbury. And Leicester were right at the bottom of the second division. And Leicester actually won 3-1. Don Revy, uh, who was a Leicester star player, scored twice. Uh, Portsmouth did go on to win the league championship. Uh, and Leicester got through to their very first cup final. It was deemed, it was said at the time, it was the most outstanding or most surprising result in sort of football history. Um, bit like Shades of 2016, really, when, mm. when they said the same about Leicester when they won the Premier League. Uh, and they booked a place at Wembley against Wolves, who were also a top, top side. Uh, they lost that 3-1. Uh, with VAR today, uh, mm. they say that Leicester would have equalised it to all, uh, but the... Uh, the referee disallowed the goal and uh, I've spoken to some of the families of the players who were convinced it was uh, a goal, but nevertheless, they lost 3-1. But then the next week, imagine this for a, a full programme. On the Saturday night after the cup final, they had a banquet down in, the, I think it was the Dorchester. On the Monday night, they had a civic banquet. They had to play three games on the Wednesday, the Thursday and the Saturday to secure their place in the second division and not go down into the third division. And they, uh, they won one, they lost one, and they had to get a point at Cardiff in the last game of the season. And they did. And they stayed up. And Forrest went down into the third division. But it was a, a remarkable week, remarkable occasion. But that Portsmouth game was probably one of the biggest cup final, cup semi-final upsets um, in FA Cup history, I'd have, I'd have thought. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, similar else to the one that we were talking about. And it, Spurs, the last game, you know, it's, it's a, a now championship team playing against oh. a yeah. now Premier League team yeah. at, at the time. Obviously, a high flying uh, first division side in Portsmouth yeah. as well. So, uh, yeah, a big shock result that one. Yeah. I mean, it's often, I think, regarded as City's finest hour. Um, and like you said, people saying that there was the biggest upset 
and we've had them mirrored in 2016 now. Um, but yeah, the, the first final of of one until that would take us to 2021 before we'd win it. Um, it was but obviously the, the occasion for the city as well was huge that we'd reached this um, reached this final, and we've been delving through the archives recently, haven't we? We found the the, pre the local press from the time, and it is when you say cup fever, it's unimaginable cup fever, and uh, the the reception they got when the train arrived home as well, the people lined the uh, streets to sing them back home and all this kind of stuff. It was, yeah, it was the first final in our history, and it was a, a big one for us. Because at, at that time, and I know John, certainly not recently. I mean, two Leicester fans, yes, it did certainly last season, but but the FA Cup at one stage in England was the pinnacle, wasn't it? It, it really was. It was massive. I remember talking to... Um, More so than winning the league championship. I yeah, think. yeah. I remember talking to um, David Gibson and Howard Riley and Richie Norman, who were in the 1963 side. And when they beat Liverpool in the semi-final, they were, uh, they'd just been, they'd just gone just prior to that, top of the old first division. They had five games to go. And uh, they were facing Manchester United in the cup final and they were fighting relegation United were. So Leicester were absolutely red-hot favourites. And I asked, I said to them, we had a chat with them, I tend to have a chat with them after the game. And I said, well, were you excited about winning the double? You know, and they said, well, no, the main thing we were concerned about was, was the, the FA Cup. And, you know, one of them actually said, you know, I'd not actually realised we were that close to the double, thinking back. <laughs> You know, it's, um, because all the focus was on the FA all Cup. the focus was on the FA Cup, yeah. And, yeah. and Leicester City in, in their long, however many years, is 137 yeah. years yeah. history. Yeah. They they never won it until 2021. Yeah. Now we've spoken about the semi final already against Southampton. Elsie, you were there on that day, yes. uh, the 15th of May. 2021. It has been 21 years since Leicester last graced a major cup final and they stand 90 minutes away from history. The 140th FA Cup final is here. Can Leicester win this competition for the first time? Yeah, it's ingrained in my memory now that day is um, proudly displayed my ticket framed on the wall as well, which is, yeah, it was great. Um, I mean, we were talking about it before, before we started, but just the fact that it came in such a turbulent time when the city had particularly struggled as a whole, not the football team, but the whole city had with the lockdown restrictions. Um, and then 6,000 Leicester City fans were able to go, which felt um, painful, to be fair, with uh, with the long history and how long it had taken us. Um, at Leicester City, we were always the bridesmaid, never the bride, with four um, finals lost. And that was the most that anybody had ever lost. Uh, so coming into it, you had this sense of, Okay, so we're going to enjoy a good day out here. It's been a long time since we'd even got to the final. Um, but, you know, coming into it, I really did feel like we deserved it after everything. Um, so many factors. And it was a very, very, very good day out. <laughs> very good. <laughs> Which is three verys, four verys. It's still an understatement. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you can, I could sit here and very all night long and it wouldn't, yeah, it wouldn't match up to, to the feelings that were there. But, yeah. You said 6,000 fans were there. Did you? Yeah. It feels like more, doesn't it? It feels like 60,000, particularly yes. when the Yuri Tielemans goal went in. Yeah, it, when you were there and also watching it back, the noise from the fans when Yuri Tielemans' goal goes in, but also the noise from the fans when the final whistle was blown, um, it, it sounds like you could have been at the King Power. They, Yeah, they really put on a, a good voice there. There's so much, John, that we could talk about that game. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. we, could have, we could have done a whole 45 minutes to an hour yeah. purely yeah. on that game and everything that... 
that it meant for Leicester and everything that happened in the game because so much did happen in, in the game, didn't it? And and it was capped really by that year at Tielemans goal. Yeah. Fitting yeah. of, of any cup final. Perez has won that ball really well for Leicester. And here's Yuri Tielemans, 30 yards out, lined up a shot. Tielemans has scored! An absolute cracker in the FA Cup final. Yuri Tielemans <laughs> sends the Leicester City fans bananas. That is one of the finest strikes you will see. And it has Leicester City on course for glory. Yuri Tielemans may well have written his name into club folklore because Leicester lead in the cup final. Yuri Tielemans, what a goal! The goal was, you know, superb. As we said previously, it was one of the best goals, if not the best goal in, in Leicester's history. Um, there was the terrible, nerve-wracking final few minutes when it yeah. looked as though Chelsea had equalised and it hadn't occurred to me that they hadn't equalised to be honest and the relief when the uh, VAR came up to say that they hadn't was almost as euphoric as when um, Tielemann scored because you thought well we, we've done it now and of course the sad thing would have been it would have been Morgan who had just come on um, yeah. who would have actually deflected it into the net you know and that would have it been did, it did. We've, yeah. we've spoken to Wes Morgan yeah. fairly recently actually oh, about right. this and, yeah. and it will eventually keep your eyes on LCFC TV yeah. in the coming months um, but Morgan always said that people say that would have been an own goal. But you watch it back; he he would have come off Chilwell. In fairness to Morgan, yeah. it would have, it would yeah. have been, which it, it arguably would have made it worse for Leicester fans had it been off Chilwell. Yeah. Anyway. Do you reckon? Yeah. Do you reckon that would have made it worse? Because <laughs> I mean, it was goal. the whole the whole Chilwell yeah. bit when he went off, and yeah. it was like all. Um, but also, that it always come back to me the viral video that came out after. Very good. I mean, that just added to it, didn't it? Of the but, Chelsea fans in the ground. Yep. And as a Chelsea fan that's at home as well, watching it with his family, yeah. there's I mean, a couple of good ones. John, if we ever get a museum, yeah. that just has to be a part of the FA Cup yeah. like like yeah. setup because yeah. incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, talk, talking about sort of, you know, if we ever get a museum, yeah. we've got some great uh, mementos from that day um, on display just along the corridor, down the floor from where we are now. Uh, we've got uh, Tielemann's shirt and the players all had inside this shirt a picture of uh, Kuhn Vishai yes. on the inside of the shirt and so that was good. And we also got a, a lovely um, silver, like a silver programme, uh, full-size A4 programme. Um, it was as though it's an A4 silver page folded in half, you know, with both teams on and the Chelsea crest and the Leicester crest. And uh, we've got lots of lots of other good stuff from that final. Yeah. Um, which will definitely be right next to the video. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, if, if there are going to be videos in this museum, Casper Schmeichel's save yes. from Mason Mount has to be yeah. as yeah. important as yeah. the goal. Uh, Reese James, he swings it in, it drops kindly. Oh, what a save! Mason Mount hit it, and immediately Casper Schmeichel flung to his left hand side and has produced a moment of magic to keep Leicester in the lead. Brilliant goalkeeping from Kasper Schmeichel on what could be a historic afternoon. Unbelievable save. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know where you pull that out from. I suppose it's Schmeichel, he's got a strong hand. We know that about him. But that, in that occasion, the same for me, as same importance to me as the Yuri Tiedemann's goal. And they talked about it recently in the Schmeichel documentary. Yeah. Um, him and his dad were talking about it. And, in, yeah, incredible. Watching that from the other end... Um, you didn't get the good view from it because the City fans were one end, Chelsea the other end, it was in front of the Chelsea fans. But when you watched it late that night, when you came home, you were still buzzing about it. That 
yeah, you didn't really understand the magnitude of that save at the time, but yeah. What was it, what the word Casper was asked, wasn't he, in the documentary? One word to describe it, I think he just said important, didn't he? Yes, um, very assured. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when really he's probably screamed one of the best he's, he's ever made, because it has to be up there as, as one of the greatest yeah. FA Cup final saves. Casper Schmeichel's one, one of his greatest, greatest ever saves. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. I always, whenever I think of Schmeichel saves, I always come back to the Champions League, but no, that now is always. It's, yeah, it defeats it 100%. He makes a really good one from Chilwell as well a little bit earlier. Yeah. The, the header from Chilwell, he tips it onto the post. Yeah. Again, in, in the first few angles, you think it's just gone straight onto the post. There's one angle where it's definitely going in and Michael gets the tiniest of fingertips yeah. to it, yeah. tips it onto the post. When the disallowed goal was disallowed, yeah. LC, and you were there, obviously, the, the crowd cheered like it was a goal. Was that the moment for you that, that you knew okay, we've won this, we've won the FA Cup here, even though there was still a bit of time to go. It was five minutes stoppage time. Well, we know how much of a pessimist you are, clearly. (laughs) No, I mean, you couldn't, it was, it was, you could almost hear 6,000 people biting their nails because it was tense. Mm -hmm. And, I always think, no, I, I stick by this actually. When when you're watching the football at home, I think it's more nerve wracking because you have every angle, you can see everything that's going on. Um, but in that stadium at that time, when you did, with the weight of the history on your shoulders, you yeah, it was. Time went slowly. Yeah, I'm, I can't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me feel sick thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. The, the post match. Um celebrations reaction john were amazing weren't they i know you watched that one on, on television yeah. didn't you and just seeing it all un- unravel was was absolutely amazing yeah i mean you mentioned i watched it on the television <clears throat> excuse me i mean sadly I'd, i was all set to go to that cup final i'd really looking forward to it i'd i'd had my covid sort of test on the thursday i'd got my ticket i was all ready to go and then something happened on the saturday morning which meant that i couldn't so i did watch it on the television which was disappointing for me certainly but having said that you know still felt the euphoria that everybody else yeah. felt. and of course watching it on the telly you saw the the, the players reactions close up and they were they were and the way they sort of beckoned uh, the chairman to come down onto the pitch and the way they celebrated on the pitch and then you see photographs of them in the changing room afterwards and you see photographs um subsequently i've seen photographs of that and then of course the players with the cup on the pitch as well and passing it around and you know it was it was a Emotional. great moment and yeah. over the years you've always seen other teams cavorting around the pitch celebrating winning the fa cup and it was finally. always everybody else but never leicester and now finally it was leicester and it was a great yeah. great moment i mean it was it was a it was it was the pandemic, wasn't it? There were twenty thousand people there, um, instead of eighty thousand. But the six thousand Leicester supporters, you said Elsie, yeah, did themselves proud, didn't they? Yeah. You could and, you could feel like yeah. you had the responsibility yeah. of the whole city when you yeah. go in there. Yeah. Yeah. I think the moment that the John brought up there when, when Kuntop was beckoned on yeah. by the by yeah. the players. So is, emotional. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah after everything that he's been through and the, the club has been through um, to finally have the FA Cup in his hands must have been yeah yeah. am I right in thinking the the trophy lift was almost right in front of where you were sat Elsie? no opposite no, opposite. was it the opposite side yeah, was it opposite I mean yeah that was small mercy but still it was a <laughs> <laughs> Sport your day, didn't it? Yeah. Did a little bit, John. Actually, oh, you'd rather, yeah, you'd rather Chelsea. Than yeah. Yeah. Um, but th- th- again, that moment and the, the laugh of honour. I know the players went round, yeah. didn't they? So yeah. they still would have come right in front of you, and and you were able to to save that and to celebrate that. Yeah, and then coming back to the city, who were jubilant, and we still, I mean, 
could we do anything at that point or was it just all outside i remember we i remember because this is what i did um yeah. obviously i was working for kim stadium then that evening um went to the pub but it was one of those where you could only sit a certain amount of people on yep. a certain amount of tables okay. i think it was six on each one and you had to look ahead and stuff like that but still it was it was good and you could tell there was a the people in there you can tell the difference of those that have been to the game and those haven't. They're a little tired and probably doing well say, to still be at the I'm impressed that, that they've yeah. gone because I went straight home. I got back about 11 and I was like, <laughs> it's been quite, quite a day. The day was straight on with it. Absolutely. Sometimes it's too soon. You know, after you come back after a half five kickoff or something and um, we've just won, it's too soon to watch match of the day straight away. But that wasn't too soon that day. It was like I wanted to relive it exactly then. <laughs> Pretty special, John. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a long time coming. Yeah. But it, it, uh, which made it all the more special in a way, yeah. It absolutely had to make our FOSS vibes, obviously. Yeah. It is yeah. the main one. It, it could have been all five, couldn't yeah. it? Yeah. It could easily have been yeah. all five of, of Leicester's greatest <laughs> FA Cup games, uh, capped off, of course, by that uh, amazing Yuri Tielemann strike. Uh, that's just about it uh, for this episode of FOSS 5. So thanks, as ever, to Elsie Flynn and to John Hutchinson uh, for your company. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of months or so um, for some of Leicester's greatest ever goals. And then we'll do one final FOSS 5 at some point near the end of the season. Uh, but we can think about that nearer the time. But thanks, as ever, uh, to the both of you. I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Dan. Pleasure.